When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Doctor, Doctor, you gotta give us some good news. Yeah. Welcome, Destination Devi listeners. This is Jeff Mueller, Doctor of Physical Therapy, your host for the Destination Devi Injuries Pod. Another week, more injuries coming your way. It's inevitable. There's a common phrase used in the PT community here in town pain is inevitable, misery is optional. I love that phrase, and I've equated it to rostering a bunch of running backs in Dynasty. Misery is not trading those running backs for wide receivers at this point. It at least feels that way when I'm looking at a majority of my leagues trying to figure out what two running backs to play since all of mine are injured or useless. Uh, Hopefully yours aren't that way. At least we're getting Jonathan Taylor back, although you know I'll, I'll touch on him in a little bit. Sounds like his workload is going to be limited. And Brees Hall, hopefully the Brees Hall breakout. So we'll talk on some of these guys. All right, let's dive into this week's injuries for week five. Quarterback, Joe Burrow, I keep talking on him every week because I think every week that he goes without a calf re-injury, I think we're going to see a better Joe Burrow uh, leading up to probably his bye week and then after his bye week for sure. He should get some rest. You know, they'll probably, he he hopefully won't do too much during the bye week and, and be fully healthy week eight. So this week though, even though he won't have T. Higgins, I'll touch on him in a little bit. Uh, even though you won't have Higgins, I do think we see a better Joe Burrow this week. Uh, so just keep, you know, trust the process, keep faith. I think every week we're going to see a better Joe Burrow. Kenny Pickett, he's coming off that left knee bone bruise. Pickett will play, but he does carry re-injury risk and likely limited mobility in the pocket. I wouldn't expect him to scramble as much or, or have as much rushing upside. Sometimes he scrambles and gets a couple rushing yards. Paired with not having his security blanket and Pat Fryermuth or Deontay Johnson, I, I'm hopeful that you don't have to start Kenny Pickett this week. I'd be avoiding him. And to be honest, it, it makes me want to avoid George Pickens as well. I think Pickens is going to be a boom-bust player this week. He's probably going to have to rely on a big break, big uh, explosive play, big play to pay off for you this week. So uh, hopefully you can bench Pickett. Hopefully you can bench Pickens as well, and I would not, I'll touch on uh, the tight end situation later, but I wouldn't want to play many of these Steelers players this week. Jimmy Garoppolo, he has cleared concussion protocol and will be active Monday night. A big boost to Devonta Adams and Jacoby Myers and a decent matchup for Monday night. Um, We do get the Devonta Adams, uh, you know, I'll, I'll touch on him in a little bit on his injury, but we should get the Devonta Adams revenge game narrative. And Jimmy, you know, I think he will be able to produce uh, or maintain production for fantasy purposes far better than Aiden O'Connell could. So that's good news for Monday night. Derek Carr, he's still coming off the right EC sprain. He's listed as questionable. I do expect him to play again this week with improved throwing ability this week. Every Kind of similar to Joe Burrow's situation. Every week he gets further and further away from his injury. He should have better performance. And I would expect his ADOT to be higher this week, which should allow Chris Olave to be utilized a little bit more, you know, downfield. Last week, he was a ghost. Olave was a ghost because Carr couldn't 
he, he didn't have good velocity. He, he was inaccurate on his intermediate to deep throws. It wasn't a good situation. And Alvin Kamara came off of his suspension and, and paid dividends that way with, I think he had uh, 13 or 14. He had 13 catches, so he had 14 targets. Uh, I, I would expect another big Alvin Kamara game because Carr's likely going to be dumping off a lot still. Uh, but hopefully this week produces better results for Chris Olave. At running back, we got huge news with Jonathan Taylor signing an extension seemingly out of nowhere, uh, coming off of Pup. Um, he was added to the 53-man roster today. Now, I would probably temper your expectations. We did get a report from Diane Rossini that Jonathan Taylor would be limited in snaps, limited in touches over the next month. They'll probably ease him in. Again, he hasn't played since he uh, suffered a, an ankle re-injury uh, mid or late last year. So he hasn't played any football. He, he really This week was really his first practice week, true, true week of practice that he's gotten in since, uh, since last year. So I would expect Jonathan Taylor to be limited. I, I could see him being more of a you know, 40, 50-yard guy where if he doesn't get a touchdown, he might only put up, you know, five to seven points for you this week. So it is a tough matchup against Tennessee. I'd be cautious with starting him right off the bat. You know, I I say this, and then, of course, watch him go out there and get 20 carries and two touchdowns against Tennessee. But, uh, yeah, based on what I've read, just be careful about starting him. I, I'm not necessarily... I don't think the ankle will be an issue for him. I, I, I honestly think that the ankle was healthy back in May, uh, you know, around the time when Chris Ballard, Jim Mersey, and Jonathan Taylor all basically said, hey, my ankle's good. He's good to go. He's near 100% healthy. We're expecting him back soon. And then all of a sudden, you know, I, I, I think the contract played more of a role than the ankle injury itself. So from an injury perspective, I don't think the ankle is going to be limiting him at all. If anything, I could see rust limiting him and lack of practice limiting him, kind of like what we saw with Josh Jacobs after Jacobs sat out. Week one was pretty brutal for Josh Jacobs. So, uh, yeah, just temper your expectations for Jonathan Taylor. And if you are rostering Zach Moss, so I, I wouldn't drop Zach Moss at all. Um, you know, trade him, trade him if you can get a second, trade him if you can get a decent value uh, pickup for Moss. But I would be stashing Moss because Jonathan Taylor, in these first couple games back, because of how long it's been since he's played, we are watching him. He is on a soft tissue injury watch that we typically have uh, in these first games back, just, just as he increases his workload. And again, these are probably reasons why the Colts plan on easing him into his workload. But I would keep stashing Moss just in case. Saquon Barkley, he is coming off the ankle sprain, the high ankle sprain. He is listed as questionable. Now, he did get three limited practices in, participations in all week. Um, however, based on, you know, timeline-wise, I was expecting Barkley to be back by now. But how, depending on how, um, based on how he was interacting with media, I have a gut feeling that he won't play. I, I did see some video, you know, straight line. He seems to be moving pretty well, but laterally, non-linear movement. He, he still seems to struggle. He, he didn't look quite 100%. He looked closer to 80, 85%, and not fully comfortable changing direction and going into some cuts and going into lateral movement. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants held him out one more game, uh, just making sure he gets to 100% healthy uh, to reduce any re-injury risk, especially given his past history. But also, 
I, you know, for Saquon himself, I, I do think we have to be concerned about the contract issue, especially now that Jonathan Taylor just got paid. Uh, you never know if that's playing a role here. If, if Saquon's saying, oh, my, my ankle's not 100%, I'm not going to go just yet. So keep an eye on that, but I, I have a gut feeling that we won't have Saquon back for this week. Brees Hall, I talked, to, talked on him a little bit earlier. His workload restrictions are fully removed. The Jets are expected to lean on him this week, and it couldn't come at a, at a more perfect time. He plays Denver, one of the worst run defenses in the league. So I'm finally playing him in my league. Zach, Zach Wilson, hopefully he plays like he did last week. Hopefully, hopefully he plays that well this week. Um, I'm finally playing Brees Hall in my leagues, and I just hope it's not a trap game. You know, so many people are on Brees Hall this week because of Denver's defense. I really hope this is not a trap game for him. Jameer Gibbs, he popped up as a late addition on Friday with a hamstring strain. My my assumption here is that Gibbs strained his hamstring in practice. We haven't heard more details, but typically that's concerning for availability. Now, if it's more of a tightness situation where he felt some tightness in his hamstring and was limited that day, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he does suit up today, Saturday, and then Sunday morning he's probably going to be feeling better if that's the scenario and then he winds up playing. I would still avoid him for fantasy. He's only been putting up around eight, nine points a week. And his, especially if, if the team is, uh, wants to be conservative with him, especially with, you know, DeAndre Swift's past history of injuries, if they don't want to, if they, if they want to limit his volume and workload due to the hamstring tightness, uh, I could see him just limiting, you know, getting limited touches. So I wouldn't want to play Gibbs this week. There is still that risk if it's a true hamstring strain that he's going to be out. Either way, this should be a massive David Montgomery week again. So Montgomery's getting all the, you know, Jamal Williams workload, the the in-between-the-tackle work, and then the goal line work. So high upside for David Montgomery. Justice Hill, he's still coming off that toe injury. He is listed as questionable, but I do expect him to play. He only played 11% of the snaps last week, so I would expect that to increase this week and likely put a little bit more of a damper on Gus Edwards' uh, ceiling there. If you are playing Gus Edwards, again, I hopefully you have better options. Edwards is kind of that 50 to 60, 65-yard type of player. He, he likely won't be getting many, if any, receptions, maybe one reception a game, uh, most likely zero. So he's probably getting you five, six, seven points a game uh, unless he gets you a touchdown. You, you basically need a touchdown from Gus, Gus Edwards for him to pay off uh, for double-digit fantasy points. So sit Gus Edwards if you can. Uh, for sure sit Justice Hill if you can. Hopefully Justice Hill doesn't come in and have another, you know, six rush attempts for eight yards and two touchdown type game. Miles Sanders, he's coming off the groin strain. He got a full participation in on Friday. He was fully taken off the injury report. So I do expect Miles Sanders to have a better game this week than last week. I think he was his efficiency and, and movement ability was limited by the groin injury. There's still a chance, there's still the risk uh, one for re-injury risk, but also for efficiency and production risk for Miles Sanders going into this game. And, and Chuba Hubbard has honestly been playing better than him anyways. So if you can, again, the running back landscape is pretty tough right now, but if you can, I would bench Miles Sanders this week. And, uh, you know, Chuba, I, I'm not really 100% sure what to do with Chuba Hubbard. Maybe he's a, I, I would just view them both as like, you know, last last minute desperation flex options uh, for them both. Um, it, it seems like Miles Sanders is the most likely to get a touchdown out of the two, 
But this is a backfield that's that's going to turn ugly pretty quick. Javonta Williams, he's coming off that quad or hip flexor strain. He's listed as questionable after practicing Thursday and Friday this week. A couple factors that I'm looking at for him. He was ruled out somewhat quickly after suffering his non-contact hip flexor strain. Now, it was initially reported as a hip flexor strain. It's, it's been listed as a quad injury since then. Pretty similar anyways. It's a soft tissue injury. He's coming off of that brutal ACL plus injury, so that's a second factor. Um, the third factor that we don't 100% have a good grasp on yet is how will Denver go about these injuries. So what Denver decides to do here will be telling either they care about re-injury risk or they don't. If they don't, I would expect Javon to, to be active this week but on limited touches, which means he likely wouldn't be a viable play for fantasy anyways. If he's inactive, they care about re-injury risk. So that'll be important to know for future. Either way, I would not play Javonta Williams this week, but I would actually consider playing Jaleel McLaughlin as a flex play. He's the most explosive back that they have, especially over Samaje Pirine. Plus, McLaughlin was already getting goal line work when both Pirine and Javonta were healthy. So Jaleel could put up some decent points against this Jets defense. Uh, you know, as much as people want to hate on Russell Wilson, Wilson's actually been playing pretty good ball. So this Denver offense could potentially put up some yards and put up some points um, against the Jets defense. But yeah, I, out of these backs, I would, even if Javante is active, I would bench Javante and consider Jaleel McLaughlin as a flex play. I'm not really considering Samaje Pirine much because he's just been so ineffective with his touches. Ramondre Stevenson, he's dealing with a thigh injury after last week. He got three limited participations in all week with a thigh injury. Um, he hadn't been on the injury report at all week four. And one variable that I'm considering here is the Patriots signed Ezekiel Elliott due to their concern about overworking and injuring Ramondre Stevenson. They were, they were concerned about Stevenson's longevity and his ability to stay healthy, and now he's dealing with his soft tissue injury. So I think this week they actually will limit his overall volume, lowering his ceiling for fantasy. Um, I know it's tough right now, again, with the, with the running back landscape. If you have Ramondre, it's probably hard to sit him. Um, but just know, you know, three, three factors against him this week, re-injury risk, volume risk, and then somewhat tough matchup versus the Saints front seven. So if you have a decent option, consider that option over Ramondre. And then just know if you have to play Ramondre, uh, could could very well be a lower ceiling type game. Aaron Jones, he's coming off that hamstring strain. He is listed as questionable for Monday night, uh, but I do expect him to play. He played last week. This week, he's likely closer to 100% um, than he was last week. So I would expect more snaps. I would expect more touches. And I think, you know, last week was pretty rough. I think he only had, what, three or four touches. Um, so definitely not fantasy viable last week. This week, I think he should be a flex-worthy play. Um, just go with your gut on that one. Re-injury risk is lower this week, though, for Aaron Jones. At wide receiver, Cooper Cup. So more, more huge news. We were expecting or hoping for good news both on Jonathan Taylor's front and Cooper Cup's front. So Cup has been activated off IR, added to the team's 53-man roster. He will be playing this week, and reports have said no limitations. So uh, despite, first thing I want to note, despite Cup being active, I'm still 100% starting Puka Nakua. He has ball, been balling out. Uh, Matt Stafford, even though he's dealing with his 
his uh, bruised hip, his hip contusion. His Stafford's fully good to go. It shouldn't limit him. Stafford has been uh, funneling targets to both Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell. So now I expect the targets to go to Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. And there's still a decent chance that Puka winds up being the wide receiver one for this week until Cup is 100% full go. So it's important to note that no amount of practice for Cup, no amount of practice can simulate true game action. So let's just hope that he doesn't have a setback while playing. Um, I'll be curious whether Rams line him up as well. You know, I, I speculated that maybe they should consider lining Cup up on the left side, it, it reduces his risk of, like, if he lines up on the right side or runs a route down the right sideline and it's an overthrow, he's more likely to reach out or extend extensively with the right hamstring, and that could tweak the nerve, that could tweak his hamstring. Uh, line him up on his left side. Don't have him run too many long routes. Just get him the ball, let him work. He should be fine, especially with the time frame and the fact that, you know, we already knew Cooper Cup would not be active unless he feels 100% ready to go. So the fact that he's active, you should not be concerned about playing Cooper Cup this week. I don't think he's going to be out there like a decoy. He's going to be out there. He's going to be getting targets from Matt Stafford, his good friend, and uh, tearing up this Eagles defense. T. Higgins, he has been ruled out with a rib fracture. This always made sense after reading that Higgins was having a lot of pain while trying to sleep this week. If you're having trouble sleeping because of pain due to a rib fracture, you're probably not going to play that week. Uh, kind of indicates that it, it would have been tough to play a football game where he's getting hit several times. And then again, the risk that I, I'm viewing this as risk for this week and honestly going into next week, depending on how big that fracture is. Um, I, if he gets hit pretty hard, you know, that that rib fracture could worsen and it could uh, honestly fracture worse and splinter and wind up puncturing an organ. So obviously they wouldn't want to put him in, into that risk. I think, you know, he's out this week. I still think there's risk that Higgins is out week six because the Bengals have a week seven bye. So if he's not even, he's if he's not fully ready to go, I could see there's the chance that Higgins plays with a with a flak jacket just to reduce some of the compression on the rib and, and reduce impact to the rib. But there's still the chance that if he's not fully ready to go, he's probably going to be out another game and returns week eight after their bye. Amon Ross St. Brown, he is listed as doubtful for this week with an abdomen injury, meaning high likelihood that he does not play. For those who have seen my Twitter feed or X feed, I do think there's a chance that this is a hernia. We don't have specifics, but my guess for how the Lions will manage this long term, see how he is progressing in practice next week. Uh, He was reportedly doing a lot on the rehab field, running full speed straight line, but I had not seen much on if he's doing nonlinear changing directions. Um, which would be, that that matters more to me coming off an ab- abdominal injury is changing directions, especially rapidly, uh, cutting, all of that, twisting movements. That's the biggest thing there. Um, the biggest thing here too is that if it is not a sports hernia, then they would also want to ensure that this doesn't turn into a sports hernia. Maybe it's just a, an inguinal hernia and it needs time to heal. Um, but if it is, basically they, they would... They would want to reduce any risk where this turns into a groin injury where too much strain or stress goes into the groin or adductor, and then it winds up turning into a sports hernia where he would probably need surgery and then be out four to six weeks. So hopefully, I will say this, as of now, I have no idea how long Amon-Ra will be out given the variables. He could return next week for week six, 
or he could wind up being out and needing surgery and then come, you know, returning or being out for the next four to six weeks. I have no idea. Um, they haven't given more specifics. They haven't given, given more information as of right now, operate as if he will play next week and that this is not a sports hernia. Um, and then we just have to hope for the best. So time will tell, but I, I'm sorry I don't have a more definitive answer for you. Uh, I'll keep digging. I'll keep looking. Keep an eye on my X feed. And, uh, yeah, we'll just take it week to week. Josh Reynolds, he's notable because uh, Amon Ra is likely out. Reynolds is listed as questionable, but he did get a full participation in on Friday coming off the groin injury. Uh, there is optimism that Reynolds plays. I would expect Reynolds and Sam Laporta to likely lead this team in targets this week. I know everyone's excited about Jameson Williams returning. Uh, I, I think Jameson Williams, the, the team, you, you have to understand Dan Campbell's mentality here. Even though they're down Amon Ross St. Brown, I, I don't think they're going to throw Jameson Williams out there for 80, 90% snaps and have him run a ton of routes. I, I think they're going to ease him in. They're going to see how he does. Uh, Jamison Williams was reportedly struggling with catching the ball, with struggling with drops. So, you know, who who knows how Jamison Williams plays this week? I, he could he's a very much a boom bust type player this week. Um, you know, he could wind up getting a sixty five yard touchdown for all I know. But for this week, for fantasy purposes, with Amon Ross St. Brown likely out, I'm for sure playing Sam Laporta. You know, no one if you have Sam Laporta, you better not be benching him unless you have. I don't know, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews on your team. Um, but for a cheap wide receiver fill-in, Josh Reynolds could definitely be fantasy viable for this week. Khalif Raymond is is also a somewhat intriguing option, sort of, but I, I think it would be Reynolds over him. Devonta Adams, he is practicing Saturday. Um, he didn't practice Thursday or Friday. They play Monday night. He's coming off the AC sprain. Devonta Adams does have a history of playing through these AC sprains. And, and one variable that I'm keeping in mind here, I don't think Devonta Adams is going to miss this revenge game against the Packers. So uh, my guess is it, it's, it's a risky bet because, again, they play Monday night. Hopefully you have a, a backup option just in case that, that plays Monday night, just in case Devonta Adams is listed as inactive. Hopefully we get a definitive answer later today uh, with the Schefter or, or Rappaport um, late night, you know, news drops, but, uh, for now operate as if Devonta Adams plays this week. And if he plays, this should be minimal production dip, especially with having Jimmy Garoppolo back, um, should be a minimal production dip. So again, if Devonta Adams is active, you don't bench him. Odell Beckham, he is listed as questionable coming off the ankle sprain. It sounds like he's going to play, but I would avoid him in fantasy this week. He just, He's the kind of guy that, for now, you just have to see him produce first before you even consider using him in fantasy or DFS. Rashad Bateman, he is no longer listed on the injury report off of his hamstring strain. He is a full go. I I wouldn't be eager to throw him into your lineups yet. He's also a guy who I would rather see him produce first. You know, he was slowly ramping up his snaps. They were being very cautious with him, and then he wound up getting this hamstring strain. Uh, again, we have to remember he's coming off his Liz Frank injury, and the Ravens were slowly increasing his snaps, and then he suffers a soft tissue injury. So I would expect Bateman to play, but on limited snaps again this week, even though he was a full go in practice and not on the injury report, I think they'll lean on... Um, the, the only Ravens I would want to play this week would be Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, and Zay Flowers. 
Um, wide receiver-wise, I think the Ravens will lean more on Nelson Aguilar again alongside Zay Flowers, and then slowly ease Bateman back in. DeAndre Hopkins, he's coming off that high ankle sprain. He's not listed on the injury report. The ankle should be well behind him and not leading to much of a production dip at this point. He was an interesting case because last week he he only played it. It seems like um, it seems like the Titans are limiting him to about 35 snaps per game. He's played exactly 35 snaps the last two weeks, and week three that made sense because they they only had like 44 or 45 offensive snaps. But last week uh, the the Titans had around 66 offensive snaps, and and so D Hop only played 35 of those. So. It, it led to, I think it was a uh, 53%, if my math's right, 53 or so percent snap percentage, um, which also led to limited targets for him last week. But I think this week, so he's off the injury report. I think the ankle is further behind him, and there should be less of a production dip in a pretty decent matchup. So one player I am considering as a very cheap wide receiver fill-in is Nick Westbrook. I always forget his last the last part, but NWI, um, he's basically the Titans wide receiver too. He wound up playing the most snaps for the Titans, and he actually tied for the lead in targets. So if D-Hop, uh, again, I think D-Hop's going to be the target hog. Don't get me wrong here. It's not like I'm picking NWI over D-Hop. Um, but if you need a cheap fill-in for this week with bye weeks and injuries, NWI could be an efficient, um, probably low ceiling but high floor type of play this week since the matchup's so good. And again, that's because Traylon Burks is, again, out this week. Um, I, I wanted to touch on him again because, so left knee, he's out this week, his second week out. He didn't practice at all this past week. I'll be curious if he's able to return to practice next week. If he gets a limited participation in at some point next week, there's a probably a chance he plays week six, uh, but he, out, he, he might be out yet another week. They'll probably slow play his return, so... Kind of a bummer for Traylon Burks, especially after that offseason hype. Zay Jones, he's listed as questionable, but there is optimism that he plays coming off his knee injury. He missed the last two weeks. Notably, Calvin Ridley has played better when Zay was active, and they face a Buffalo team that took... It, Buffalo has taken some hits in their secondary, including losing Trey White to an Achilles injury. So I, I'm not sure if you want to play Zay, Flower, or Zay, Zay Jones. Play Zay Flowers for sure. Zay Jones, the Jaguars wide receiver, uh, I would not play Zay Jones this week, just given re-injury risk. He he attempted to play through his knee injury that was suffered week one. He, he attempted to play week two, suffered a re-injury, and then he missed the, the next two weeks, and now he's returning. So fantasy-wise, I wouldn't trust playing or, or sliding Zay Jones into the starting roster, but hopefully this means a solid bounce back from Calvin Ridley this week. I know some people are concerned about his volume, I'm not too concerned on the production yet. Last week, he had A.J. Terrell shadowing him on 79% of his routes, and it led to, I think he only had two targets. One, one target or two targets. So, And A.J. Terrell's elite. So I think this could be a, a pretty good bounce-back week for Calvin Ridley. Christian Watson, he, this is his second game back from coming off the hamstring strain. In his first game, notably, he played 46% of the snaps, which is kind of less than what we expected, and wound up having 26 total snaps out of 57 with 20 routes run and four targets. Now, importantly, I, I wanted to note this because at halftime, the, the game was kind of out of hand, so I'm thinking the Packers 
reduced his second half play time. In the first half, he had 15, he played 15 out of 23 snaps, which was 65%, with 13 routes run. Second most behind uh, Romeo Dobbs' 15 routes run. So I, I think this game is going to be closer. My guess is this week Watson does see closer to a total for the total game, closer to a 65 to 70% total snaps with around 30 routes run, which should increase how many targets he's seen. It's a decent matchup. It's a good matchup against the Raiders. I, I do think this week provides a decent chance for one of those big explosive plays. He's still boom bust this week, but I would be firing Watson up as a wide receiver four boom type option uh, and, and just basically hope for that boom, that, that, that big downfield play. At tight end, uh, Pat Fryermuth, again, he, he has been listed as out. I talked on him when discussing Kenny Pickett. I figure he does have a decent chance to return after their bye week next week, so a week seven return. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, with with Pickett hobbled, I wanted to touch on Pat Fryermuth because there, there has been a little hype on uh, his name, uh, Daryl Washington, Dwayne Washington, Daryl Washington. Dwayne Washington's the running back, but um, I, I would not want to fire up Washington just yet as a starting tight end in your rosters. Maybe for like a random cheap DFS play, throw Daryl Washington in, but I, I'd, I'd rather play someone like Jonu Smith, who's only 2,900 um, and actually leading Atlanta in targets lately. So um, I wouldn't fire up Washington, just too much risk, especially with Pickett hobbled. Uh, Kyle Pitts, I wanted to touch on him because he's been talk of the town lately, coming off that right MCL injury. Much has been discussed about Pitts' return to play. Uh, Jetpack Galileo, or JPG, posted a fantastic thread on how Pitts has struggled, in particular with change of direction, proprioception, being off balance with his right leg. It's just not 100% right now, and to be honest, it's acting kind of like a knee that had prior ACL tear, kind of like what we saw with Saquon Barkley or Preston Williams where as they're trying to cut, as they're trying to change direction, they go to put that foot down, and it's almost like they just don't know where their foot is in space. So clear signs that he's not 100%. And to be honest, this injury had to have been, I I posted on X about how if you look back at the original injury, there had to have been more damage than just an MCL tear. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if at some point we hear that he had a partial partial ACL tear that was repaired, kind of like Zach Ertz's situation. Um, and if Pitts had to have his anterior medial corner, corner reconstructed, which could have led to scarring, that's basically um, part of the capsule and his meniscus, the backside of his knee, that adds a lot of stability for him, especially in change of direction, um, which that would act more like, kind of like what J.K. Dobbins dealt with, with the scarring and limited range of motion. We saw that with Pitts, where it just didn't look like he had full range. He he was still wearing his brace, you know, that w- this would explain, explain why Pitts was still wearing his knee brace eight to nine months out from his surgery. That wouldn't be the case if it was just MCL. He had to have had some kind of setback or secondary issue more addressed in surgery than what we know, and probably why he's not 100% right now. So I do think he can get there. Um, This might be one of the best buy low chances that we will get on Pitts in Dynasty. There's some wild talk. People are saying like, ah, Kyle Pitts just sucks now. Um, He's 23 years old. And he was one of the best tight end prospects that we've seen come out. So I do think his knee can get back to 100%. I'll be curious to see how he's performing and moving by week 10 or so. Uh, and for sure by late season, there's a chance it takes longer. I, I just 
I just don't know, and we don't have all the information. But he may be a better play for 2024 than he is this year. I wanted to touch on him, though, just because of those situations and the fact that, I mean, there's people who they're just fully off of Kyle Pitts. So there's probably a buy low opportunity out there, so consider it. Luke Musgrave, he's coming off the concussion. He has clear concussion protocol and will be playing Monday night. He is a risky play, um, but again, he, he's been getting the routes. He's been getting some targets. This is a decent matchup against the Raiders, and tight end is pretty thin. So if you need a tight end option, Luke Musgrave could be a decent option in his first game back from concussion. And then one other tight end I wanted to touch on, it's kind of an indirect uh, effect on another tight end, Daniel Bellinger. He's coming off his knee injury. He's listed as questionable. His status matters because the Giants will be without their starting center, guard, and OT, offensive tackle. And if Bellinger is not active or is limited, this means that Darren Waller will likely be used more as an inline tight end and used to chip and block more, leading to likely less targets. I would say less routes run, but uh, last week, so Bellinger basically played 8% of the snaps after leaving early due to a knee injury, and they moved Waller into being an inline tight end. He ran 44 routes, right? So he had the he had a mass amount of routes run, um, but it, but if you watch the game, most of those routes he was he was chipping, he was blocking, and it it made him start his routes kind of late. And Daniel Jones just does not with with the state of this offensive line, he just does not have the time for any routes to develop. So it's better for us for fantasy purposes, Darren Waller's fantasy purposes, if Waller is not playing in line. Uh, if he's lined up as more like a slot, slot wide receiver, they can get him some mismatches, line him up out wide, um, just not in line. So keep an eye on that. If Bellinger is out, I would expect Waller, it, hopefully they change that game plan because using Waller in line, I mean, just use some other tight end in line and line Waller up. He's your best pass catcher. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know what they're doing over there. So just keep an eye on that. And hopefully this is a bounce back game for Waller. All right, that covers all main injuries this week. If you have any questions, please reach out in the Destination Devi Players Injuries channel and follow me on X at JMThrivePT for live updates and any injuries occur. And again, if you enjoyed the content, please retweet, share on Twitter, share X, um, and thank you and good luck. Doctors Artists. Doctors Artists.